Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries. This is the 513 Project, where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, in this second season, we've been going through the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. In fact, we're only three verses in. Verse 1 told us that the origin story of Jesus Christ was coming up. Verse 2 taught us a lot about our purpose and the promise attached to our purpose. And verse 3 we got into last week. Last week, we learned a little bit more about Judah and Tamar. Actually, we learned the whole family dynamic. We learned that Tamar was the daughter-in-law of Judah, but she ended up having two kids by Judah. I know, after I went back and listened to this episode, I thought I was listening to an episode of Jerry Springer or something. And God still spoke through the scriptures and gave us three things just out of their story. First, you've got to protect your purpose. Secondly, you can expect that it's going to hurt while you protect your purpose. And third, you can enjoy the blessing that comes from the pain of protecting your purpose. And that's where we're going to pick up here in Matthew 1.3. Let's read the scripture one more time, just to refresh our memories. Judah begot Pharis and Zerah by Tamar. Pharis begot Herzon, and Herzon begot Ram. So right here we see that there's Pharis and Zerah. And what we learned last week is they're twins. And really, their birth is the only thing that Scripture has to say about Ferris and Zerah. That's it. You can find that in Genesis 38, verses 28 through 30. And I'm going to read Genesis 38, 28 through 30, just to give you some context to the story, so you can hear what the Bible has to say about them. And so it was, when she, Tamar, was giving birth, that one of her sons put out his hand, and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it around his hand, saying, This one came first. And then it happened. As he drew back his hand, the other brother came out unexpectedly. And the midwife said, How did you break through? This breach be upon you. Therefore his name was called Ferris. Afterward, his brother came, the one that had the scarlet thread around his hand. And his name was called Sarah. Basically, Tamar was giving birth to twins. Zura sticks out his hand as to say, hey, I'm here. I'm the first one. And in those days, if there was going to be twins, the midwife would take a red string and tie it around whichever appendage came out first. That way they didn't get them mixed up. There was no question of who the firstborn was. Except for in this situation. Because everybody was expecting Zura to be the first one. Zura was supposed to be the firstborn. But as Zura pulls back his hand... He leaves an opening, and here comes Ferris. Ferris pushes through in the same way that a running back breaks through the defensive line. Give him just a big enough gap, and he'll make a touchdown. That's all Ferris needed. He needed that little bitty gap, and he broke through and became the firstborn. And that's how he got his name. Ferris literally means to breach. And breach he did. Can you imagine the pain that Tamar had to go through? 
when Ferris broke out of her womb. Now, if any of the women listening to this have ever had kids, you don't have to imagine. You've been through childbirth. And more power to you. And for the other women out there who have not had kids, if you plan on having them, you'll find out soon enough. Men, you're just going to have to take my word for it. Well, Ferris breaks through and everybody's shocked. Now Ferris is the firstborn. And then here comes little Zara. Ferris has already done all the work. He's already caused the most pain that could be caused in that situation. So Zara just comes out with little resistance. It's kind of like God's reaffirming his word when he says, and the last shall be first and the first shall be last. God consistently confirms his word throughout all of scripture. It's amazing the way God does that. Ferris was supposed to be the last born, the second born. But instead, he ends up being the firstborn and the major player in the origin story of Jesus Christ. Ferris later had a son named Herzan. Now, why did Herzan get into the origin story? Let's look at his name. Herzan means to enclose, to make a stronghold. In fact, they ended up naming a city Herzan because of its big walls. It was enclosed. It was a stronghold. It was not easily broken into. And that's kind of important. And we'll get into that in a few minutes. But then Herzan goes on to have a son named Ram. Ram means high. No, I'm not talking about the kind of high you get when you're smoking pot, okay? I'm talking about the kind of high you get from being lifted up above everything else. That kind of high. So now you have some background into those four people in this scripture. Now the questions come. How in the world does their stories apply to me? And apply to my relationships that I'm in? And apply to my relationship with God? Glad you asked. So let's look at the birth of Ferris and Zerah. Ferris and Zerah were a blessing to Tamar. Because they're her kids. Whether you believe it or not, all kids are a blessing from God. Now, don't get me wrong. Some kids are a handful. In fact, my kids can be a handful, but they're all blessings. And that brings me to my first point. Your blessing can cause you pain as it's being birthed from your purpose. Just ask Tamar. The birthing process, the pain that's involved there is called birth pains. The Bible talks about birth pains all over scripture. You can go read for yourselves Romans 8, 22 through 23, Isaiah 26, 17 through 18, Jeremiah 4, 31, Revelation 12, 1 through 17. All these scriptures use birth pains as an illustration for the before or during the birth of a promise out of our purpose. Because God always turns mourning into dancing. God always takes the pain and turns it into a promise. God always takes the sadness and brings joy out of that situation. Just as long as we are consistently seeking after Him. Psalms 30, 11 and 12. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. If you take that and you couple it with Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. All things. Your pain, the situation that's causing you sadness, anger, depression, it's your thing. So if it's your thing, then you can take that situation or that feeling, whatever it is, and put it in the place of the word thing in the scripture here in Romans 8.28. Take that pain. 
all pain works together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All breakups work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All cheating spouses work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All lies work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All backstabbing works together for good. All financial issues work together for good. All corrections we have to go through work together for good. Because all of the alls that I mentioned here, and even some that I didn't, they're just things. Things are not a way of life. Those things don't define you. Because when you got saved, God defined you. Blessings can cause short-term pain. Imagine this. I bring two five-gallon buckets up to you, filled to the brim with cash. And I say, okay, if you complete the task I give you, you can keep all of this money. And the task is, I need you to carry both buckets with your arms stretched out wide for five miles. You complete that task without stopping, and you can have that money. Do you think that you would be in physical pain afterwards? Do you think your muscles would be sore? Sure. Would it still be a blessing to you if you made it all the way to the end? Yeah. Do you think it would be hard to complete without giving up? Absolutely. Because anything that's worth it is going to cause you pain at some point in your life. I've got two kids and one on the way. Do you think those kids don't cause me pain from time to time? <laughs> yes, they're a blessing from God. And I wouldn't give them up for anything in the world. I would fight for them. I would die for them if need be. And there are still times when they cause me pain, both mentally and physically. My two-year-old comes in every morning at 7 a.m., likes to jump on me. And most of the time, he hits me in a place that makes me scream. And I don't want to be hit. That's called physical pain. When my two-year-old keeps repeating himself over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and you see how annoying that gets? The frustration builds up? Yeah, mental pain. And there's still a blessing from God. Now I'm going to interrupt this message for a quick public service announcement. Kids, when you listen to this, even though you cause me pain, I still love you. I will always love you. There's nothing you can do that will ever take my love away from you. Now back to the message previously in session. Blessings can cause pain. <laughs> the birth of your blessing can cause you pain. My second point is that sometimes your blessing's going to pull back and you need to let it so a bigger, better blessing can break through. Zura was the first blessing for Tamar and Zura stuck his hand out and got the string saying that he was supposed to be the firstborn. And when he pulled it back, Ferris pushed through. He breached. He broke through. If you can think back to when you first got saved, and for some of you, that might be recently, but think back to the people that started to fade out of your life once you started walking in your purpose, once you came to know Christ. Your values, their values kind of started to shift as you built your relationship with God, or maybe you're walking through that right now as you're building your relationship with God. You're noticing people are starting to not call you back as often, making plans without you, walking away. I mean, none of it's intentional, but it's just kind of happening. And you might not understand why. And I mean, these could be the very same people that you went to for advice, that you went to during your boyfriend issues, that you went through during your marital issues, that you went to during your financial issues. Someone that would comfort you, 
but they're no longer really there for you anytime. They just pulled back. Yeah, they were a blessing for a season in your life, but now they're not quite in touch anymore. They're pulling away. Let me tell you, let them pull away because that action of them pulling away is what allows God to ferris your situation. That's what allows God to breach your situation. That's what allows God to cause a breakthrough in your situation. Let people walk away from your life. Let that boyfriend who doesn't understand why you don't want to have sex with him anymore walk away. Let those friends you always run to for advice walk away. Let that job that laid you off walk away. Don't hold on to anything or keep trying to make it work. Because the more you try to hold on to it to make it work, it would be like that midwife holding on to Zura's hand and not allowing Zura to pull back. That would prevent the breach. That would prevent the breakthrough. You've got to release it. Don't hold on to those people, those places, or those things. In fact, those people, places, and things are going to bring up certain feelings like frustration, anger, depression. And those feelings, if you hold on to them about those people or about that situation, that's going to prevent your breakthrough as well. Matthew 5.15 says it best. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty intense. Isaiah 43, 18. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. That means don't even give that situation space in your mind. Let it go. Release the old so it makes room for the new and improved. Release the old so it makes room for the bigger and badder and bolder blessing. If I took my phone into Verizon and traded it in, I'm taking something old and I'm trading it in for something new, more improved, faster memory, longer battery life. I mean, the newer, it's typically better than the old. And if you forget the old, like Isaiah 43:18 tells you to do, then you'll get the Isaiah 43:19, which is where God says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And should you not know, I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You need to go frozen on it and let it go. Yes, I used a Disney reference. I got two kids. Sue me. But let it go. And God's going to move in a new way that only He can do. Because only He can give you water in a desert. And I'm not talking about filling up a canteen. I'm talking about a river that's going to flood it. It's almost like He's saying He'll pour out a blessing that you don't have room to receive. Oh wait, He did. Back in Malachi, where God says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that my house might have meat. And prove me now says the Lord of hosts. See if I don't open up a window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. Would you think God's just talking about money right here? No. You let that person go. You let that job go. Let that hurt go. Let the resistance and wanting to hold on to it go. Let it go. Letting those things go is just as much of a tithe as your finances. Because money isn't everybody's God. For some people, it's money. Sure. Money makes the world go round. Money won't buy you happiness, but it'll make you comfortable in your misery. But for some people, money is their God. Yeah, you need to let that go. For others, it's people, celebrities. You need to let that go. Some people, it's sports. Let that go. Some people, it's their favorite TV show, Game of Thrones, Grey's Anatomy, The Bachelor. Whatever it is, you need to let it go. In fact, let me drop a little bit of my frustrations out here right now. I'm getting sick and tired of getting angry at all these so-called Christians 
that are damaging their testimony left and right by creating more and more division over this whole political climate that we've been in. On one side of the aisle, they're calling for unity. The other side of the aisle says you never offered unity when Trump was in office. The conservative side of the aisle is trying to say the election was rigged. It was stolen. Trump's our president, not Joe Biden. I've got a couple of news flashes for you. But let me preface it with this. I enjoyed the prosperity that got allowed for America to have during three of the four years Trump was in office. And right now, Joe Biden is the president. No matter what you think, no matter what you say you know, he's the president. No matter if you agree with him or not, he's the president. If you continue to go down this road of not my president and repeating the cycle and creating division, you are not acting out of the love of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you're damaging your testimony. And the sinner that sees the saint isn't going to want to have anything to do with it. So you need to let it go. Because that blessing God gave us has pulled back. And if you don't let it go, you're going to prevent the breakthrough that God wants to do in this nation. So no matter what it is going on in your life, no matter what the situation is, no matter who it is that left you, no matter what feelings you might have, let it go. And allow God to breach your life in a way that it floods your life and overflows into someone else's. Don't worry, you're not going to drown because by the time you get to the point where you let it go and God floods your world, you're walking on the water with Jesus because he's already put the right people in your life that's helped you to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. And those people that God puts into your life show you how to get into the presence of God and get surrounded and enclosed by God or herzoned by God. And then God can lift you up and ram your life to a high place. If you'll allow the pullback, which would allow God to break through, you can get enclosed in the presence of God, which allows God to lift you higher out of the crap and the muck. If you let that ex-boyfriend go and stop holding on to bitterness and forgive him, your blessing could be that spouse you've always prayed for. If you let go of the bitterness towards that manager that fired you as that job pulled back, your blessing could be the job opportunity that you've always been wanting. If you just let go of whatever feeling, whatever situation it is, God can breach through the blessing that you always wanted, but you never expected, and it will blow your mind. Because when God blesses, no one else can take credit for it. That's how big it is. Only God could do it. And then those friends that walked away, those people that walked out of your life, they start to walk back and you're so strong in the word of God that you lead them to Christ and then you're discipling them in their relationship with God because that's the way God works. And that's my third point. You'll still get the first blessing that originally pulled back while you're walking in God's breach, in God's breakthrough. Quick recap. The birth of your blessing can cause you short-term pain, but whatever that pain is, let it go. Let it go and allow God to breach and break through with a new and improved blessing. And while you're walking in the breakthrough, God will enclose you in his presence. God's going to herzan you round about. He's going to make it such a stronghold that no one and nothing that the enemy can try and throw at you is going to be able to tear it down. And after God surrounds you and encloses you in the stronghold of his presence, he's going to ram your life higher and higher and higher and higher above the old behold the old is passed away 
and He makes all things new. And after He makes all things new, expect that first blessing to come back while you're walking in God's breakthrough. Now I'm going to pray for everybody. Father, thank you very much for each and every person that's listening to this message today. Father, I pray that they're going to allow your word to be written on their hearts and that it's going to go with them everywhere that they go. That when people try to walk away or say negative things and bring up anger and bitterness inside of their lives, that they let it go and give it to you. And they allow those people, places, things to pull back so they can make room for your breakthrough. And according to your word, Lord, you will break through in every situation. In relationships, in healing, in finances, physically, spiritually, and mentally, Lord, you will break through into the situation if they open up room for you. So I pray that your spirit moves on everyone listening in such a way that they have no choice but to allow room for your breach. And once there's even a slither of a crack, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you continuously burst down the walls that are guarding people's hearts and draw them closer and closer and closer to you. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, it just annihilates the enemy over everybody listening to this message. Again, I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ and the power that's in the blood and the name of Jesus. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, everybody, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to Matthew chapter 1-3 as we wrapped it up. Next week, we're going to be jumping into Matthew 1-4. To me, it seems like it's going kind of slow. There again, I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. If you are, leave a comment. And if this message has helped you out or you know somebody that might need it, share it with them. Whatever your social media platform is, I'm not a social media guru. I'm going to leave that up to you. And if you like this message, of course, leave a like on Facebook. If you're not listening to this message on Facebook, click the link in the description. If you want to support this ministry, click the link down in the description. It'll show you how to do that. And there's also merchandise. You can click the link in the description for that as well. You can wear your witness. The one my daughter designed, I'm wearing right now. It's the heart with the cross and the scripture from Ephesians on the back. Basically, from death to life. It's truly the first Valentine's gift God ever gave us. So if you're interested in any of that, just click on the descriptions down below. And mainly, just pray for the ministry if you want this ministry to keep going. I want it to blow up to a point where it reaches all four corners of the world for Jesus Christ. And the only way that's going to happen is through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. So please pray for this ministry. Until next week, I want to speak a blessing over each and every one of you. Be bold, be strong, and be blessed. Jesus. Jesus.